Hello, everyone, and welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and today's guest is a visual artist currently residing in Toledo, Ohio. Her current work consists of expressive portraits, full bright and bold colors, and distinct lines. So wherever you're listening, please help me welcome Cindy Moore. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Artifacts today. Thank you for having me. Yes. I discovered her work through the Artist Title Gallery website, which is an online platform to share emerging artists' work. And I absolutely just love the figures and just, I love bright colors in my art. I think yeah. it just sticks out to me. So, Thank you so much. Yeah, yes. I'm, a, I'm a 90s baby. So I feel like that whole like vintage, super colorful, bright, bold color blocking thing, like that's where I get it from. I'm like, yeah, let's do the yes. bright colors. <laughs> So what was your earliest exposure to art? Was it an art class? Was it a trip to the museum? Someone in your family an artist? What was that for you? So I had a really awesome art teacher when I was in like elementary. I want to say I grew up in a very small town. So she was my art teacher all through elementary school. You know, when you have like art one day, gym one day, like she was, her name was Mrs. Gregory. I will never forget her. She was (laughs) awesome and I was always like a doodler I was always the kid like drawing all over my folders and stuff like that so my art teacher she got me more into like different mediums so then my family started buying me all those like little kitty paint sets and stuff (laughs) like here's pastels here's some watercolors so I would just play in that kind of stuff all the time I didn't ever think I would be an artist like that was never the goal I like to draw stuff and I remember in like fourth grade, I think myself and a friend of mine, we like made a whole comic book, like in our free time in class. Like I was just like, yeah, like we're going to draw stuff, but I never thought of it as like, this is going to be my end goal here. Like I was just always kind of artsy. I feel like being an artist just is like so intimidating, especially for a young kid. It's like, oh, can you do be an artist? What does that even entail? Can you make money? What what are all these things? Yeah. It seems intimidating for someone who's really young. Yeah. In my family, everyone's in education. Like a lot of like my grandmother is a teacher. My grandfather was a principal. My dad did substitute teaching. They were all so like school, school, school. Being artsy, like they were like, oh, that's cool. But like, don't focus on that. You know, like it was never even presented as like a, oh, you could do something with this. It was just like, oh, that's cute that she does that. And that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast is to show people that there's so much that goes into it and hard work and it can be accessible. It can be possible. So (laughs) did you end up okay with school and stuff? I know you went to Chicago. Yeah. Right? So, where'd you go to school? Because I went to Loyola. I'm like, where, where were you? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I went to Roosevelt. I went to okay, Roosevelt. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. So I moved around a lot when I was a kid. My freshman year of high school, I moved to Dallas, Texas. Um, and it was like a huge, like my school, it was a, in a suburb of Texas called Plano. And it is like a very affluent area. So that was the first time I had access. Like we had like sculpture classes. You oh, didn't wow. have art class like you could like specifically do you know different mediums and stuff and I was like oh this is sweet that was when I really got more like okay I'm gonna go from like doodling on my folders and drawing in my free time to like actually entering this world of cool art stuff and then my senior year my dad's lived in Chicago most of my life so I was always 
in and out of Chicago. But my senior year of high school, I moved there. I graduated from uh, Kenwood Academy in Hyde Park, and then I went to Roosevelt. So at, at Roosevelt, I was an English major. And downtown, the way, because there's so many colleges, like downtown Chicago, the way that my dorm was, it was like every floor was a different school. So there was like oh, a wow. Roosevelt floor, a Columbia floor, a Robert Morris floor. So it was like people from everywhere were in my dorm building. It wasn't just Roosevelt students. So that was really cool because a lot of the people I met went to Columbia and that's like the art school. So yep, was, yep. <laughs> okay, so I remember decorating my dorm and I was looking at Target and Walmart and stuff trying to find artwork from my dorm room and I was like I want to make my own all the boxes that I used to move into my dorm room I just ripped them open and painted on them a lot of the Columbia friends that I made like they'd come in my dorm room and be like what are you doing at Roosevelt like why are you not doing something like you should come to Columbia like what are you doing here and I was just like really so that was like the the seed of me becoming an artist and then I met my, my husband now, he's my boyfriend then, but I met him in, oh man, I was like 20. So it would have been 2014 maybe. And he was apprenticing to be a tattoo artist. And he was like, tell, you know, showing me all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that might be kind of cool. So I was first determined to be a tattoo artist. So as I started trying to practice my craft and learning all this stuff because I don't have any formal art education. So I was just like YouTubing and going and buying all the books I could find on how to, you know, lighting and all kinds of stuff. And one day he just left for, for a little bit and came back with a bunch of canvases and was like, paint these and let's see what happens. Just do it. And I really you know, very grateful to him for that push because it might not have happened otherwise, or I might be doing something different artistically. And then we had our son when I was 20, well, I got pregnant when I was 21 and I was a stay at home mom. So then I really just had like unlimited time to, you know, baby sleep a lot. So I was like <laughs> six hours of the day. I was like, I don't have anything to do. So I just started painting. And at that time we lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And there was a brand new black owned gallery that had opened there called the Muse Art Gallery. And it was a younger black couple and I had heard about them. And then they just randomly reached out to me one day and were like, we really like your work. Cause I was just posting stuff that I had painted on my personal Instagram. I was still not at the point where I was like, I'm an artist and I'm trying to sell my work. Like I was just <laughs> like, I do this guys, look at it. This is cool, right? And they contacted me and they were like, we want to put some of your pieces in our gallery. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I gave them five pieces to just have in the gallery. And then like a month later, they purchased four or five from me in addition to those. And I was like, am I an artist? Like, is this happening right now? And pretty much since then, I've just been like, okay, cool. Like, we're really going to do this. Like, this is going to be my real thing. So then... Three years ago, we moved to Toledo. My dad grew up here. My grandparents lived here. So we moved here and I got a job at the art museum and then COVID happened. So I went right back into stay at home mom mode. And I think for a lot of creatives, but specifically for myself, COVID was a, an awakening. I feel like a lot of people took their hobby and made it their job. And they were like, whoa, like I didn't think 
you know, making jewelry or painting postcards or whatever could actually sustain me. I made more money during COVID selling artwork than I had in the two years prior. Oh my gosh. I've spoken to a lot of other creatives that are like, yeah, I was, it was a hobby before COVID. Now it's my full-time gig. And it was like what I needed to be like, oh, I can really do this full-time. And I think uh, it was a huge blessing for me, but I think for a lot of creative people, they felt that. I feel like COVID, you had that time to sit in what you were creating and you had time. You weren't stressed with getting to this place or that place. You're kind of like, stuck and so what do you yeah. do when you're stuck is find creative ways to be creative that's so cool that you you know were at school and you you know like I don't want to buy department store art because it's all yeah I mean it's, it has a place but it's all the same and but you decided I want to create my own and you met these cool people and do you think from your experience that because you say you watch videos and stuff, is is being an art, like a visual artist itself an innate talent? Or do you think it's also combined with a learned skill? Do you think people can just draw like a face and it just looks great or they have to learn those techniques? I, I recently read this book called Left Brain, Right Brain. And it was very much, it, it was specific to art. Like it was like, or it's like drawing left brain, right brain something essentially it was saying like you don't know how to write when you're born you don't know how to do that but then you go to school and they teach you you know lines and then you learn how to make words and drawing can be taught like my family too they're always like I don't know where you get this from because we can't draw (laughs) I've always been creative so I do think that some of that is just practice like I've been drawing since I was little so Mm -hmm. I've you know, but my, my houses and trees and sun in the corner looked like everybody else's. I wasn't, you know, killing it at five, but (laughs) I practiced for so long that eventually, you know, my stick figures were better than everyone's stick figures or my bubble letters were, you know, popping because I was practicing them all the time. But I would honestly say it's like 30, 70. I think it's like 30% maybe I'm just more a little artistically inclined, but I don't have any formal art education. Everything I've learned, I learned from watching videos and from reading. I went to the Barnes and Noble and bought every drawing textbook I could find and was like, I'm gonna put myself through art school. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go back to school. I'll just do it myself. And my husband is a tattoo artist and he's the same way. He had like a, a short apprenticeship, but everything he knows, he just, taught himself and I I really think that it's something that it helps to be you know it's like with an instrument like you might be you know a little bit more musically inclined but you can learn anything I feel like if you have the passion and you nurture that skill it will take you yeah it's like with anything like you might not be born a great athlete but if you go outside and shoot 100 baskets every day you might get pretty good at it you know so Mm -hmm. people are like oh my gosh and I'm like yeah thanks I taught myself so (laughs) You should be proud of that too. It takes a lot of patience too with yourself and like to keep going and going and going. And And it was very like, I'm a huge comic book nerd. What do you like to read? What kind of comics? Let's go into it. So I'm a Marvel girl. I like Marvel stuff. My dad is very much into like DC stuff. So I've had that like my whole view. But I personally prefer Marvel than DC. But when I first started painting seriously within the last, I'd say like, three, four years, I would do a lot of commission work and a lot of people were asking me to do comic book stuff. So I would do paintings of 
you know, different superheroes or whatever. And I did really well with that. But once I stopped, COVID was kind of the mark where I was like, I'm not going to do any more commissions because I really feel like I'm not exploring what I can do or what my potential is because I'm just doing what other people want me to do and I'm not developing my own style. So now moving forward, it's like, okay, now I have my groove. This is my niche. And now I can like develop myself as an artist versus just being like, I do art. Now I feel even more like an actual artist because it's still yeah. very um, like imposter syndrome. Mm. Like I like am I an artist like I see other people's work that I follow or artists that I you know admire and I'm like that's an artist like I don't know if I'm that yet but you know we're working on it (laughs) (laughs) so let's go into then your recent works and like what how first of all how would you describe your style very bold very bright very distinctive lines so for me I I do feel like I love to paint portraits I'm a fake people person. Like I say that all the time. I'm very much like an introvert. I like to be by myself. I like my own company. I have like three friends, my little circle. However, I like to believe the best in people. I like to believe that, you know, there's more good than bad in the world. And I feel like a good way for me to represent that is look how beautiful people are. The world can feel very heavy a lot of the time and like people suck sometimes, but look how beautiful we are that should be shown and like that's really how I feel and I feel like art is such a great way to bring the beauty out of people and see people in a different light I'm a black woman in this country some of it's like a I feel a personal responsibility as a black woman to paint people in my group paint my village in a great light I feel that as a responsibility as a black creator but I also feel like I want people to look at my artwork and the person. And I feel like I use the colors to kind of describe like the mood of this person. Like if I'm painting somebody who looks a little sad, I'll probably paint them blue because I want people to yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the best part is you know, I'll do like a show or something and people will come up to me and tell me like what this piece made them feel or the emotion that hit them from it. And I'm like, whether that's the emotion I intended when I painted it or not, like that's not important. What the artwork makes you feel is what's important. You know, I'm not too caught up in like, I want you to look at this and feel this exact emotion or you're not getting my artwork. Like, no, you feel whatever you want to feel. But I think painting portraits also are usually kind of bland. I don't like painting realistic things, you know? So, cause I, I, again, I come from like a comic booky character background. So like, I want to take this photo of someone and then put all those crazy colors in there. So it's not like a traditional portrait. So I feel like if you go to a museum, it's always a certain position. Maybe the yeah. eyes are like averted away from the viewer. It's very yeah. like solemn and yeah, bland, boring colors. I think you just bring a whole new light and energy with your portraits, which I really like. So then your subject, what's that process like? Do you look just at people and then take from that? Where do you get your source of inspiration from for the people? So a lot of it is people that I know. I'll just like be on Instagram and see like a picture and be like, can I paint this? Can I paint this picture of you? Like I do a lot of that. But then I also will like just get on Google and like find portraits of like portrait art 
again, it's one thing to find like a pretty photo of someone on Pinterest and try and paint that exactly. And I feel like that's something that I would do to like practice. And again, because I have no formal art education, like I didn't really, I had to teach myself like, you know, face structure and all that stuff. So I'll pick a reference photo and then I pick the color scheme that I feel like matches this person's energy that they're giving in that portrait. And then I use that photo as like my, my baseline for how I want to, it's like I'm taking someone's photo portrait and making it, I feel like I'm making it into this like unique piece of artwork. I try not to make it look exactly like that person. I really like editorial fashion-y photos. Paper Magazine is a huge one. Their colors are so bold and I love that. I'll go to editorial, like good on Pinterest and do like editorial photos and then just steal the colors that I've seen in these like editorial promos that they do for these magazines. So I really like to search for, through other people's creative stuff to kind of like get my juice for this next piece. It also helps even though I do use a lot of reference photos or people um, like black and brown people, I'm going for like a racially androgynous person. <laughs> like you don't know for sure what race this person is or you know whatever. Like I want it to be I want my art to be for everybody, but I also want to, like I said, I do feel kind of a responsibility to portray my community in the most beautiful way I can. I was talking to a photographer, a local photographer, and he was showing me a lot of other work that he had been looking at, or like he wanted to do a shoot like this or a shoot like that. And he was like, but I feel like I can't, I have to only photograph people of color because I'm a person of color and it's like it can be kind of restricting at times but then it also feels kind of like a burden that we have to do as black creatives so it's it's a tricky a tricky zone that's very but, interesting um, and I feel like with your work you're boiling it down to just we're all human and yeah. you are representing the good in everybody no matter yeah, the skin cool. color no matter who it is I think yeah. that's what really hits so I'm, I am biracial. My mother's Greek and my dad's black, okay. but I identify like I'm a black woman. Nobody is coming up to me and be like, she's biracial. Like that's not happening. So I feel like I, I have a very unique perspective on a lot of that. I've lived a lot of places. I've been around a lot of people. <laughs> this is kind of random, but like my Twitter name is everybody love everybody, which is a quote from that Will Ferrell movie, but I'm just like, I don't, you know, that it would be so much easier if we could all just love everyone. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love that because I think we need more of the uplifting, like come together, not instead of separating apart <laughs> in today's world. Art should heal, but also disturb, but also bring the community together. All these different things. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes, and I'm horrible because I don't remember who said it, but it's art is a mirror of society. And I really believe that. Artwork is for everybody. It's, it's to make everyone, and it might hit every single person differently, but it's for all of us. And we should all, you know, it shouldn't be such a dividing thing. Again, like I remember what it was like trying to decorate my first apartment or my dorm room and being like, I don't have money for cool artwork. <laughs> yeah. I can't afford that. And I don't want to go to you know, home goods and buy the same piece that 30 other people have. I don't want to live, laugh, love sign. Like I want to decorate, <laughs> like I want to do things and I can't because I can't afford it. That sucks. And 
for me, it's really important as an artist. I have people tell me all the time, go up on your prices. What are you doing? You know, eventually I will charge more for my artwork, but I'm never going to not have pieces for a hundred bucks because I don't want people to not be able to afford my work. Like that's not something, that's not a goal. I'm not trying to get to like a unaccessible level. I want to be accessible. I want people to be able to afford it. And if they want my art, like I'm not going to be like, oh no, you can't because you can't afford it. I went through that and it was horrible. Like I don't want yeah. to. <laughs> so I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about Toledo's art scene. How would you describe Toledo's art scene? What do you think about it? I would say, first of all, it was 100% a total shock. So when we moved here, it was strictly like my, like I said, my grandparents are from here. My dad and everybody's born and raised here. So I've been in Toledo my whole life. I had no idea the art museum even existed. Like I was (laughs) like, there is an art museum in Toledo. It's a really great museum. (laughs) I love it. And I had no clue because I had been restricted to Dora Street. That was my experience. (laughs) So when we moved here, I was very, very skeptical. And so was my husband. And we moved into the old West End. And I was like, (laughs) what an artsy little community. Like this is. (laughs) Okay. And then obviously the art museum is across the street. And then I got a job there. So I was like, I had no idea that one, this museum existed, but two, that it's like a big deal. Being in Toledo, we've lived here three years now. We have both received so much more support and to put it bluntly, like we both made more money here than we ever did anywhere else. There's so many, like there's a vintage furniture place um, right on Collingwood called Glean Vintage. It's amazing. Yes, I follow their Instagram. They have great stuff. I'm obsessed. For my future um, home. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought a mirror from them or from him. And he purchased art from me a couple times. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like everyone over here is so supportive. I'm a part of the Her Hub organization with Toledo. And I've had so much support. Fowl and Fodder downtown. She's also a member of Her Hub. And I have pieces in her restaurant. I did a show there and she's always calling me like, let's do another one. Let's do another one. And I'm like, everyone here is so supportive in the, not only the art community, but just the creative community in general. Like there's a lot of people here who do music. There's a lot of clothing lines. It's been nothing but like good energy and a blessing since we've gotten here. There's like little pockets everywhere of people that are just wanting to create wanting to come together as a community. So Toledo, come check it out. And the art museum. Yeah. We're putting it on the map. Like it's happening. Yes. I wanted to ask any like new things coming up as far as like your art or any events that are coming up you want to share? I am for sure going to have, because you know, with the new COVID stuff, it's kind of hard to plan <laughs> events because it's like, I want to, you know, get in there, but then also like we might have to, who knows what's going on. So it's a little bit difficult, but I will for sure, I'm hoping for spring, if everything goes well, I will be doing a show here and in Chicago. I am pretty sure that the show I do here will be at the Collingwood Art Center in the Gerber House. I am also 
it's not a podcast because it's gonna it's gonna be more of like a YouTube show, but I am launching a YouTube show at the end of March with my best friend. And it won't be, you know, art specific, but it will be me and I will be talking about my artwork and stuff on yes. there. And then I'm also working on expanding as far as like I don't want to do just paintings. A thing that I would really, really like to do is paint furniture. So right now my dad has an attic that he's not using so i'm going to try and accumulate some vintage pieces of furniture um get my goodwill on and then paint and you know seal and varnish a couple of furniture pieces and see how that goes because i think that my decor style is bright so i would like to have some of that stuff in my house I'm so about that. I can't wait to get my own place because I want to decorate it and the colorful furniture. Yes. That's so exciting. Well, I can't wait to see what you further expand and do. I'm excited. Okay. So let's do some rapid fire questions. What is your favorite color to work with? Ooh, um, my favorite color period is green. Um, my favorite color to work with is probably blue only because if you paint green people, they kind of look like aliens. So. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Stripes or polka dots? Ooh. Stripes. Favorite all-time artist? <sighs> mm. Or one that you're really into right now, I guess. you could. Basquiat. Favorite period in art history? <sighs> I would say that, so Basquiat, Warhol era. I'm very okay. much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite work at the Toledo Museum? Who I do not know the name of this piece. So forgive me. But <laughs> if you're in there, there is a giant piece. It's in the West Wing. Um, and it's this huge, it's a pink background. And it's just a guy with like blue jeans on and a t-shirt and a yes. dress. Oh, Love what's his it. name? I know exactly which one. What is his name? I have name? a picture of it in my phone with the title and it would probably take me a hundred years to go through <laughs> it. But it's been there because I, I used to work there. But like when I first moved here, before I started working there, that was like mm-hmm. the first piece that I was like, yay like I love this and then um I haven't been to the museum in like two or three months because I usually Mm -hmm. try and go like just to wander like every once in a while but the last time I went they had moved it and I was so scared I was like (laughs) and I was like oh phew okay cool it's still here but love that piece love it favorite pop culture influence that's either like like a book or a film or it could be comic books or something whether as you when you were a child or now I would say any, this has nothing to do with my art style, but I'm obsessed with like mob culture. Scarface, Goodfellas, The Sopranos, I'm into it. It's my favorite thing ever. It's it's like, I am obsessed. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any painting rituals? Kind of. Um, I'm super OCD. So like I rearrange my studio like on a bi-weekly basis. So once I, I feel like I rearrange it and then I can bang out like three or four pieces and then I rearrange it again. And then I, <laughs> so like I clean and then I paint. I don't know why I do that, but 
it makes me like I feel like if I'm in a new space it'll give me like new energy maybe it's like a feng shui thing so when you're not painting what do you like to do for yourself Ooh, um so recently I've been doing a lot of the stuff for the YouTube show I love 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 music so I like to just you know, jam out. I do a lot of stuff with my kid. Like we like to, you know, I'm really good at Legos. So I do a lot of Lego building. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love to cook. I really enjoy cooking. So, you know, just regular typical mom stuff. I'm also an avid office fan and a Harry Potter fan. So yeah. I would say once a month, I'm binging a little bit of the office or Harry Potter or something. Favorite Harry Potter book and or movie. My favorite book is probably The Goblet of Fire. My favorite movie in people, okay, so I none of my friends except for one is like into Harry Potter like me. So, and he didn't read the books. So I hope he listens to this because I'm upset with him. <laughs> He's gonna be like, you always bring that up. But I love the first movie. It's just so like, pure to me and I cry every time at the end when they win the house cup like I just sob I'm like I'm so proud of you guys like I love the first movie it's just I started reading those books in like fourth grade so I have been when that first movie came out I remember it was my birthday party and one of my friends brought me the movie for my birthday and I shut down the party and I was like we're watching this (laughs) forget the party like we're doing this right now and I maybe just that memory or like the nostalgia of it but I love the first movie yeah my husband's working on a Harry Potter sleeve for me right now I just have I have Dobby on my forearm right here oh my gosh but we're working on a whole sleeve so I'm super excited (laughs) that's so exciting (laughs) oh that's awesome so you can follow Sydney at on Instagram at art by Sid underscore 2.0. And that's C-Y-D for Sid. Um, yeah. And then do you have a website or the website's like in progress? Website is pending. Yep. Website okay. is in progress. So. so you can buy art through your email and just like. Yep. You can email me. I'm on my Instagram all the time. You can DM me. All my prices, sizes, everything are listed under every piece. And I try to post them once they're sold. So if it doesn't say sold, it's not sold. So ask away. Perfect. And then your email is artbysid at gmail.com where you can contact her and stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey and your art. I'm so excited. I need to buy one now. Like every time I talk to some people, I'm like, I want to get this. I want to do this. It's very inspiring to me. And I hope to anyone else who listens. So thank you so much. And just real quick before I go, I always try to throw this out there. If you're thinking about being, you know, or if you paint or whatever, make an Instagram page and do it. Instagram is free do it. It's the best way to market yourself. Social media is God's gift to artists. Do it. So Yes, I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, thank you to everyone who's listening and then stay tuned for another episode next month.